I don't think we've used this one before, so I'm at a, I'm at a loss for ideas for how to open the show this week. So this is going to be ripping off a Reddit thread. We've both been up here in Northern California for about a decade, right? A little more, maybe? A little more now, yeah. Yeah, time is a real... <laughs> um, what's the most, what, what, what's a extremely touristy thing you've never done? Have mm. we used this one before? I don't think so. No, it's so a good I'm gonna one. give you. I'm going to give you an example. Like this, this is not my answer, but this is an example of one. I have never ridden a cable car. Mm. Okay, yeah, that's a good one. So do you need do you need some time to think? Do you want me to vamp? Um, I have never, um, gone up to the top of Coit Tower. Hmm. Is it, okay. That, that, that's fair. Although I, is that one of the, if you're visiting the Bay Area things you must do? It's probably not a, you know, like a tier one thing, maybe a tier two thing, but it's, I don't mm. know. It's something I've heard, you know, people doing, but, but I've never oh, done it. It's very nice, but the thing is, like, it's one of those ones where you could pay to use the elevator. Like, that's the thing. But if you're a, if you're a true, um, uh, is there a term for a resident of the Bay Area? I don't know, Northern Californian. Uh, you got you got to use the stairs. But yeah, similarly, I've never, and I honestly have no interest in ever going to Alcatraz. I so I, I've done that. Um two or three times and the the first time i went had really low expectations and was was actually really impressed it's it's actually pretty neat so everybody says that but i i don't cuz maybe maybe i just don't know the history so alcatraz was like is is it compl- like is it a completely unproblematic thing is is it just a jail that was supposed to be far away and was like decommissioned in the 60s is that the deal right yeah I just I don't know why that'd be fun to visit. The 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 audio tour that they do is um is well done and really interesting and 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 not very long. That that's one of the nice things with Alcatraz is you can really see the whole thing, do the audio tour, and I I think you're I, mean, I think you're only there for like you know a couple of hours, so it's not it's not some all day thing or anything. Yeah, but also I take that point, but also that feels like a weird, a weird selling point. Is it's like saying, "Hey, this movie's really short." Like, kinda. I don't know. Sometimes with activities like that, the brevity can be a nice thing because committing to something that's an all day thing is is just I don't know. That's it's a different thing. I get it. it's kind of like going to like a, a kid's school play and finding out that you're not there for three hours. You're just and <laughs> you you're like, oh wait, curtain curtains curtains up. All right, right. Um, um, and in an event that's bookended by probably a very nice ferry trip is, is just, you know, it's a nice way to, to get somewhere. Yeah, uh-huh, exactly. Um, I'll give you kind of another example, which is probably not really in the spirit of your question, but, um, I've never been to an event at Chase Center. Oh, you, you gotta And go. I'd like to, I'd like to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. I've only been there twice and it's it's nice mm-hmm. yeah ish yeah. um yeah it's i don't know how it would be as um a non-sports venue because i know they do a lot of performances um like i think uh who's the one who's not lady gaga they did uh, ariana grande i think had a uh a, a concert there and i think lizzo is going to be there soon 
I don't know how that would be as a yeah as a, as a concert venue. Like when Taylor Swift did Levi Stadium, like that I can wrap my head around, but an indoor NBA arena, uh, less so. Mm. But yeah, well, you should go. It's it's supposed to be a really great music venue. They you know I read some big profile on the arena like right before it opened and they of course were like touting kind of the obvious things like you know their lighting and sound system and the other cool thing that they do is um there's like two different configurations i think for live music there's a configuration which uses the you know entire arena kind of like you'd expect it to but then there's another configuration where i think this like temporary like barrier comes down and basically makes the arena like half the size so it kind of gives you that like smaller um venue vibe which i which like I, of course kinda, i know you're all about well we, we've talked about my my dream about taylor swift right <laughs> or about which, taylor swift which, which one? <laughs> oh, don't make that weird don't don't make it weird <laughs> sorry we'll put a pin in your thing real quick but my thing would be that it it would be so nice for there to be like a worldwide lottery a lottery where it was rigged so that i would win which is that like Taylor Swift or an artist that you really, really enjoy would play like a 100 person small venue thing. So like, cause that's the thing like, cause you went to the Taylor Swift, uh, was it the 1989 or was it the yeah, reputation it, it, tour? 1989. Yeah. God, that must've been a good show. Oh, it, it's it, a it, damn good album. It was so but, good. um, but yeah, that like the thing of like having to, to pay, uh, in terms of 2022 inflation dollars, probably like $200 a ticket to go to a thing next to 50,000 people and just like have the sound of the artist you like drowned out by screaming teenagers singing um, uh, You Belong With Me out of key. Like that feels not fun. But yeah, if you if there was somehow a lottery that again rigged so that I would win, um, that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway, so but your, your thing. So wait, so you're going back to we're talking about the Chase Center, but you had a specific thing. Oh, the half the half uh, stadium thing. So would they just kind of cut it down, where kind of like it's like a football field, but you only like you just dissect it or you bisect it, where yeah. you're just facing. Yeah, that, that, that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. But the Chase Center has the a layout where I don't know, like the the seating is like the vertical escalation. It's it's like compressed in a way where. It still seats a lot of people, but the it the it's like everybody's sitting in basic economy. <laughs> it's weird. But does that does that make sense? So do you mean that even if you're really high up, you're sort of like closer to the court than you otherwise would be, at least sort of like horizontally? Yes, but I feel like that puts a more positive spin on it than I mean to, but you're you're absolutely correct. Where yeah, the seat it it goes vertical sooner, but it feels like there's like you're very there's not a lot of uh is it is what in the what's the 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 points guy is it seat pitch is the thing where you don't have a lot of leg room yeah because everything's so compressed right yeah anyway but no chase center's nice and it's got ultra wide band in it <laughs> um hmm, can you think of anything else but yeah cable cars no so i've been um, yeah been on a cable car i think exactly one time is it enjoyable yeah i'm sure yeah I mean, I actually, I went on a cable car because I, I literally like used it as a you know, form of transportation to get somewhere. Um, okay. Yeah, it was it was fine. No. And, you have know, you ever been? 
have you ever been to um like not I don't, it's not the factory but have you ever been to like a the proper like Ghirardelli thing I, I have yeah i've been to Ghirardelli square a couple of times um have been to fisherman's wharf a couple of times i've done you know been been to the boudin there and Ugh. um yeah, have have done have done that stuff. I have never, I've never been to Pier Thirty Nine at less than six miles an hour. Like I've I've only ever run through it <laughs> because, but it's not. It seems super unenjoyable. And anytime I have family that visits Northern California, I always have to try to dissuade them from ending up there, and I usually fail. But and you've been fine. to Cause, cause, you've been to Buena Vista. Right. What's Buena Vista? Oh dear. No, but well, give me more details. What is Buena it's, it's Vista? It's the the birthplace of uh, the Irish coffee. Is this a museum, a restaurant? No, it's it's a it's a bar. Buena, what neighborhood? Buena Vista. Well, it's it's kind of you know it's it's up it's up near Fisherman's Wharf, which is kind of why I'm thinking about it. Buena Vista SF. Oh, I've I've never taken you to Buena Vista. Shame shame on me. I can't I can't believe we've never been there. Yeah, no. What is an Irish coffee? It's pretty simple. It's um, uh, Irish whiskey, coffee, sugar, and cream. And it's is that enjoyable. Oh, it's, is it a hot beverage it, or a cold a, beverage? Hot. I yeah, that's the thing. I've I've never understood the appeal of warm alcoholic beverages. Uh, I, yeah. Do do me a favor. I, actually, you know, it would be a really not that you're asking me for dating advice, but I, it actually would be. Um, <laughs> it would, I think it actually would. You've be been a out, good you've been date out of the spot. game too long. Like, I, I would. No. no, I think I think Buena Vista is timeless. I think that would be a good a good date spot. But any no matter the context, I, I would highly highly recommend Buena Vista and trying an Irish coffee. It's one of those places where um, you know, like when you go to House of Prime Rib. Mm-hmm. And you're you're looking around, and I mean everybody's got the prime rib. Everybody's got the prime rib. But there's there's like that one person who's got like the fish or something, and you're like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? Buena Vista's that way, where everybody in there, almost without exception, is getting an Irish coffee. I mean they they do have it's a full service bar, but you go there for the Irish coffee. But then like as you're looking around, like there's always the one guy with like you know, like a pilsner or like somebody you know drinking like a gin and tonic or something but well no i I would i would go there and i would ask for an artisanal mezcal cocktail and then (laughs) oh they would is this a place i could take a kindle and read quietly absolutely yeah i mean are you are you're serious i am oh yeah i mean probably not if you went on you know friday or saturday night necessarily but but no even then it's a it's a pretty low-key spot yeah Let's, okay, hold on. Uh, let me see how far away it is on Muni. It's kind of uh, like if you, I mean, shoot, you could just go on one of your. I mean, I mean, not to not to be creepy, but you can just go on one of your regular runs there and um, stop by, pretty much. Oh, it's wait, what? Oh no, that's no, that's the wrong thing. Yeah, or, or you know what? Google, get yourself Google get, Maps is failing me. Get yourself um, what's that? What's that pizza you like that they open the new location right there? Get yourself a slice of pizza and then go get an Irish coffee. Oh, it's right by Fort Mason. Uh huh. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh, and that touristy in and out. Mm hmm. Yeah. 
Okay, it's 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 twenty eight. It's twenty eight minutes on Muni anyway. Yeah. Um, maybe I'm. I like again. I'm not against. Not now that I live here again. It's it's not that hard to go places when it's not busy. Because not. Yeah. Oh man. It, yeah. Not, I not think... if I could get not uh, like tell me when it's not busy as a tattoo. That'd be the only tattoo I'd ever get. <laughs> yeah, I think if you went there like later on a weekday night, that would be a a pretty darn good spot to you know, read a book and drink an Irish coffee. Also, what's really fun about that place is watching them make them because they'll, you know, because everybody's ordering them, they'll, you know, they'll make them basically like in batches. So they, you know, they line up 10 <laughs> of them or whatever. And it's, um, it's, it's, it's pretty interesting to watch. It feels kind of antithetical to the whole San Francisco, everything's fussy and artisanal and one at a time slow everything well but this i mean buena vista has been around forever and still kind of has that you know house of prime rib ish kind of old school vibe to it like i think the bartenders Mm -hmm. are like are still wearing exactly like the same thing that they were you know 60 years ago or whatever um yeah no it's it's a it's a great spot they have a kitchen yeah they have food i don't I don't think I've actually ever ordered food there. Um, you, you you go for the Irish coffee. That that's all you need there. Well, I'm just looking. It, any place you go, even if yeah, they got fries. All right, that's good enough. Um, okay, I'll, I'll take that under advisement. I do. I feel like I I have to vet uh, date spots in advance. Yeah, I, I don't want to keep uh, leaving that to chance. But hey, uh, I am. Um, Anyway, well, no, moving on, moving I, on. I think, um, <laughs> I think that would be a good. Yeah, I think that'd be a good spot. Yeah, I'll, I'll audition it privately, but we'll see. Um, lastly, rounding this out, I mean, hmm, what else? I have. Hmm. No, I have. I have done Union Square ice skating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What else is the dumb nonsense that tourists do? Because you can always tell. I've never, well, no, I have ridden a bike across the Golden Gate Bridge, but it was not for the touristy reasons. How many times have you been on the Golden Gate Bridge on foot? Um, well, I mean, I guess not, not counting the San Francisco Marathon. Correct. Um, uh, I've probably been on it. I know I've, I've biked across it once or twice. Um, I think I've probably walked on it also like once or twice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, like when I lived in the marina, you know, I, I think there was, you know, a Sunday afternoon or two where kind of just, you know, made, made the normal walk longer and, you know, went up along the bridge for a while, like not across the whole thing, but you know, part, part of the way. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I feel this might be an evergreen topic. We might circle back to this. Yeah. Have you yeah. ever... Have you is is your is your eldest um housemate too still too young for the exploratorium? Yeah. She's probably she's probably a I don't know, six months to a year away from getting the most out of that. I mean we could take her now and there'd be some value in that, but I I think she'd get more out of it if we waited a little longer. I do like that you put uh, she's six months to months because kids are all about the half years. They are. So, well, yeah. yeah. Wait, does she does she know how to say she's two and a half? She does. Mm-hmm. 
but she but she stresses the half part because she, she oh she does yeah, so she, much, well, she's, she's so mature she's the daughter of two accountants so i mean precision is is particularly with numbers is what she's all about oh dear yeah right. she can actually like she can count um pretty consistently up to 20 now for some reason though she always skips 15 i don't know what she has against 15 <laughs> but it, it always goes 14 16 i don't know what happened to 15 because uh, seven eight nine <laughs> i don't know if uh you know, sesame street has the the number of the day that they do every episode i don't know if they've just like never featured 15 or or what the deal is wait there's been like 800 episodes of sesame street well do like, ever, in like a... do they ever, they ever pick like just like 12,482 <laughs> <laughs> well i mean they they repeat numbers uh, they, they also have a letter of the day every episode and then those get repeated quite a bit oh well, there's they're discovering new letters all the time <laughs> right she we also we haven't really um although we should do this um we haven't really gone back and watched the older stuff we we've mostly had her watch the you know the newer um hbo super, max original um, the super bright hr colorful ones it's, it's a very very well produced show so bright mm-hmm, it is good looks looks nice on an oled tv yeah you gotta get you gotta get her into the oscar the grouch and slimy episodes from the from the early 90s yeah we should back before uh, back well, before elmo took over the show yeah it, it, it elmo elmo is uh, a dominant force although cookie monster gets his fair share of time too and i'm it just should really should be Cookie Monster show if we're being honest here. I forgot what you told me to watch related to Cookie Monster. Oh, um, yeah, there I something. Think, there, I think I, the HBO Max app might even have this, or or maybe um, maybe it's like on YouTube. But there, there's a segment in the show where um, Cookie Monster and I think we've we've had this conversation before. Gonger, which is I'm not sure if he was around when we were kids, but he, he's another character now and. Him and Cookie Monster are BFFs, and they have a food truck together. And so there's a segment, most episodes, where they make something together, and it's positively delightful. Okay, and the food truck has googly eyes on the top. Yeah, and okay. it's it's called the foodie truck, and it's, it's yeah, it's, it's really good. Okay. I have bookmarked a YouTube clip, because actually, actually, this, this will get us out of this pre-show. Um... I canceled HBO uh, HBO Now or HBO Max or whatever it was. I think you're uh, thinking of uh, HBO, HBO Go. Yeah. <laughs> I canceled it three months ago and I don't care. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like until Succession's back, I just don't. This is the weird part about the whole inflation American economic story to me is that when prices go up, like the whole narrative has been oh there's too many streaming services there's all this kind of stuff but the actual like relative cash outlay for that type of stuff and entertainment budgets it always the uh, the outsized examination of dollars spent on streaming services never makes any sense to me but it is absolutely true where i'm like i'm paying 15 dollars a month for this thing that all i've ever watched on it is succession and occasionally like a rerun of curb your enthusiasm or something and it's not like HBO Max is by far the least valuable streaming service to me. And I, yeah, I, I just, I don't care. And the whole, and I guess maybe I, like, I just have a poor sentiment about HBO Max because I know how badly, like, 
I just on a philosophical level, I kind of resent everything that's happening behind the scenes in terms of like all the business machinations behind it. Like, I, yeah, I it just morally the whole discovery subsuming HBO just kind of feels lousy. Hmm. Anyway, makes it makes it less value to me. I know in your household because of your affinity for discovery and also the extra content, it, it is probably very much a uncancelable for you but it, it is yeah the the um the eldest housemate i guess as as you've deemed her now um she would be <laughs> very upset if if hbo max were to go away is the youngest one grogu maybe i don't know there's got to be a star wars angle for this <laughs> is grogu an uncomplicated character we still don't know very much about him okay but he's he's just overall the gist of it is he's cute, and he eats frogs, and he hangs out with the guy in the metal suit. That is correct. See, I, I, I saved everybody two seasons of of whatever that show's about. <laughs> Literally, still don't know. I think I think he's a hitman. He he's he's a Han Solo type. Whatever. He's yeah. He got he's it's whatever. Surprise! It's on Disney Plus. <laughs> Follow up. All right. Um... Eh, oh I, yeah this. i want to yeah i, I, I no i, I, need, I, I don't i don't about this no no i don't think this is what you think it is but i don't know what it is yet okay so i simplified my home internet setup so i had kind of like a mini fourth run at infrastructure week and previously i'd have been i'd been a big believer in all the ubiquity stuff and the unify networking gear and it it was it it offers a lot of things that i'm realizing are not really that important to me so i wanted to simplify so i just bought myself a, like a 16 port cisco switch and i got a single Eero pro 6e and you had cautioned me that there were a lot of issues with connection drops or that was the big complaint that people had about it and i still bought it basically assuming yeah whatever like there's there's no way they're just gonna let that stand and it's it probably it's it's been out for six months it's probably fine and it's been rock solid i think but and i don't and here's the thing i don't know if this is a chicken or an egg thing but i have never noticed a connection drop on any of my devices like my laptop my phone like whenever it's i I, I've, i've never had it not connect or be weird the Apple TV, there's been maybe two times, but that was just buffering. And honestly, I, I don't think I could say that that was the Euro. Like, just sometimes things buffer. But my Nest Cam frequently says camera offline. Mm. But nothing else does. Like, my, my phone and my laptop, like my MacBook Pro, like, they're all fine. And this Nest Cam is literally six years old. So I don't, I don't know how to test this. Because my return policy on the Eero is coming due on, I think, the 4th. But yeah, that's the only device that ever has any connectivity issues. But the reason I notice it is because when the camera is offline for more than 10 minutes, you get a push notification saying, hey, camera offline. So I don't know what to do. Well, the the connection issues that I had been experiencing when you, you know dig around on Reddit seem to be an apple specific thing or like really an iphone kind of specific thing so i mean if if your nest cam is having 
a connection issue, that would be kind of something else. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I was really hoping you had not canceled your uh, your Nest Wi-Fi order, and then I could just use that as a data point to just get that instead. Mm. Because like I'm not using the mesh part of this at all because uh, cozy apartment situations. Um, one is is absolutely plenty. So well, you can uh, talk to a friend of the show, Troy. I actually just got a message from him today saying he he set his up. So okay, well yeah, let me let me know if if you get any show shop a uh, show stoppers but i got another week with this thing and i don't know it's fine like i don't i i i I don't like the app based thing but also i haven't had to touch the app after i did all my ip reservations and all that kind of stuff so i mean right it's fine and yeah and again it's it's literally 3x faster than the ubiquity setup that i failed to want to troubleshoot so have you um with the nest cam have you have you tried, you know, doing the thing where you like have it forget your Wi-Fi network and like go through that setup process again? I haven't even turned it off and on again. I'm very, I, I in my old age, I don't actually want to troubleshoot stuff. I just like complaining. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like a, <laughs> a voter over fifty. I like complaining, but I don't want to do anything about it. <laughs> um, uh, it's election season. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I would, I'd maybe do that. I bet, I bet that fixes your problem. Yeah, we'll see. You know the the, um, the thing with the Eero that I always suspected, um, and the, the part of the reason I think this is because then this is this is a, this is a throwback. But I, when we first moved into the house here in Marin, I had brought my you know two, what do you call them nodes? Like whatever, whatever. Like the the two the two Eero setup that I had had in our San Francisco apartment. I brought I brought those up here, and. They they never worked very well, and I I always thought it was because the you know switching from one router to the other like the the mesh networking part of it it just like never worked well. Um, and it sounds like that's gotten generally pretty good on Eero, maybe with the exception of the iPhone. Like I I think it really is the um the mesh piece of it that the iPhone just doesn't sometimes play nice with so you know you, you only it, having one i think probably helps yeah and i think the iphone thing was a lot of it was chiefly related to wi-fi calling where it really didn't want to let go from one network for call quality reasons or something well th- that yeah. that was a known thing with euro like years ago but i i think that's been fixed i i don't know um yeah, yeah well, know. and worst case i got it on a super sale, like I got under like the what, what the fuck was it called? Like Prime Preview Days or some shit. Like where the actual router I got or the Eero I got is supposed to be three hundred dollars, and I don't know if Eero is just one of those things that Amazon always has on sale. But I got it for one seventy nine. So like if it sucks, or if I find out in two months, no, it is actually the Eero. Like I assume I can sell it for one fifty or something. Right. Like yeah. so, it's 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 if I had paid full price for it, I would be maybe more worried, but. I might just let it ride, but I, I don't know. Like I just, again, in my older age, like I just don't, I don't want to, even though I am not doing that much and I understand that you are also much busier than me. I just kind of don't, I, I, I'm finding myself hesitating so much on embarking on things that are going to like 
automatically going to be an hour of my time. <laughs> Even yeah. if that hour of my time is not going to be well spent otherwise, I'm just trying to leave stuff alone because yeah. I know the, the the rewards are so, so low. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've become more and more the same Dude. way. Getting old sucks. I, I miss wasting a weekend on some bullshit. Mm-hmm. Even though oh, I do yeah. waste a weekend on... Sorry, d- just to clarify, I'm not getting things done. Right. But at least that involves a different kind of shame. <laughs> anyway, you you have some uh, revised thoughts on AirPods, or maybe um, more nuanced thoughts. Yeah, n- not, really, not really revised thoughts. N- nuanced thoughts is maybe the uh, the right way to put it. Um so I still still really like my AirPods Pro. Been been using them more. Um, I guess a couple of additional observations. Um, one has been something that I've heard in a handful of different places, and and, and it definitely jives with my experience. Um, it's very unclear to me what the adaptive transparency thing is doing. Um, like, granted, I've never. Like, wasn't that the catch-all name for just, hey, you can put, like, a decibel ceiling on loud external sounds? Or is that... Because there's there's the adaptive spatial audio and... Well, well that's, that's, what, that's totally... That's different. Well, no, that's that's the music one. And then adaptive transparency. So I thought that was just, hey, you can say how loud you want outside stuff to be. No, there, there's no user configurable settings with it. it. It's just designed to make it so that if you're around a very loud sound it it dampens that sound and doesn't just you know pipe it into your headphones like it does with most other sounds in transparency mode um, adaptive is a, is a misnomer then yeah kind of i guess um well i mean you know App, apple and their naming conventions <laughs> um um and you know like the the demo that they did of course in the video was like walking by like a jackhammer which you know i haven't haven't done anything like that but you know walking around my neighborhood we get some like relatively you know loud trucks and motorcycles and stuff and i i can't say i've ever really noticed it being particularly smart about how it's handling those sounds like it does just seem like they kind of get you know piped in like everything else does without the sound being dampened in any way that i can really notice um so I mean, you know, I, I I still really like transparency mode, but like I guess the point is like if you're a you know Gen One AirPods Pro user or something, and you're thinking about upgrading specifically for something like adaptive transparency, I, I probably wouldn't <laughs> probably wouldn't recommend that. Um, and then the, the mm. second thing, which is definitely more like specific to me, probably is um, I find the fit to be finicky like like some some days you get a good seal some days you don't well that and then even on days where i have a good seal it it's so easy to lose it i mean some like literally sometimes like even just like you know smiling at somebody that you're walking by or like saying a quick hello (laughs) or something like is enough to kind of jostle you know one of them out of slightly out of position um, that's that is true or at least that, that echoes my experience with the airpod pros where a lot of times like if you're just, you're going out for a walk the, the you you kind of you feel like you have a good seal or a good fit after a minute but then like just 10 minutes later of you not really having done anything 
it's different somehow. Yeah, no, that that's it, exactly that that and yeah, I'm basically exclusively using them on walks. So yeah, I mean that that's exactly been my experience. And you know, I've done the thing where well, you can just you kind know, of I've, you you I've, yeah. I, I've tried the different ear tip sizes and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean it's it's not not a deal breaker. But like when I think about my regular AirPods. Like I never, I never, like I never mess with those. They're just, they're in my ear and then I kind of just never think about them. Um, whereas with the AirPods Pro, they're just, yeah, a little more finicky. Um, yeah, that, 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 that's fair. I like the AirPods. I feel like it's, pr- they probably suffer from the exact same thing, but again, because there's no noise cancellation element to it, you don't really notice. Yeah. And that's, so. um, I mean, I'm generally because I'm using them on walks, I'm, not really ever using noise cancellation. I do sometimes if I'm using them around the house, but um, well, are you using them in transparency mode? Cause yeah, cause it's, it's the same, but it's the same concept though, it, because unless you have them off, they're still using noise cancellation. It's just one of them has the mics turned on and one doesn't. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. So I'm, I'm using transparency mode um, where yeah. I, where I do feel like maybe if one of them is slightly out of position, you'd, you know, you would notice that a little bit less than in, um, noise cancellation mode mm-hmm. um but yeah i can sort of like i, I can feel it like it, it, it's there they sort of move around a bit um so yeah i mean not not a huge deal but um a minor little um quibble about them but overall still mostly two thumbs up yeah still overall two thumbs up i think they they have um they, they they satisfy the need that I had, which is, you know, I'm not in a super busy neighborhood, but like in a busy enough neighborhood where when I'm out on walks, th- there, there's enough ambient noise where regular AirPods just, they're just really, they're not the best. Like I, you know, I, you know, when, whenever a loud car or something drives by, I got to like pause my podcast. <laughs> um, whereas like with the AirPods Pro, I, you know, generally don't have to do that they just they have a much you know a much better seal and a much better way of managing ambient noise so yeah Mm -hmm. over overall i like them nice um so i have some updates uh we talked about so my my phone free run setup has always been my series 7 apple watch i'm a very happy spotify user um I have Apple Music, but I don't enjoy it. Um, and I would use that with the built-in fitness app that then talks to the middleware application HealthFit, which then talks to Strava and everything's fine. But when watchOS 9 came out, it broke cellular streaming on Spotify. And then you had mentioned uh, that there was an update in iOS 9.0.2 that explicitly called out that it fixed the third-party streaming app issue and i can report that it has oh good except so i did all the software updates and i made sure the spotify app was up to date and it still didn't fix it and then i was like okay well then i will uninstall the spotify app from the watch and then reinstall it and maybe that'll fix it and then that didn't and then i was like okay i will log in and out of the spotify app on my phone and uninstall the app on my watch and then try it again and that did not fix it. And then I uninstalled the uh, app from my phone and my watch and reinstalled it and re-logged in, and that did not fix it. I don't know what eventually fixed it, but I swear to God, I spent two hours 
trying to get it to work. Because it did the thing, do you know the thing where websites, and I think uh, Facebook slash Meta pioneered this, where they have that little animation where it kind of like shows you that content is supposed to be here and it does that little like kind of flashing thing. Do you know what I mean? No. Well, there's something that like they, they made where it makes it, it kind of like fills in the view of what you're going to see. And it just it, overall, visually, it makes you think like you're, you're waiting less because you kind of see something in place of it, not just a blank screen. And the Spotify would do the thing where it has that little animation of showing like, hey, we're, we're loading your playlist now, but it would just sit there for a minute and then eventually say something went wrong. So I don't know how I fixed it, but eventually it did and it works again and I'm happy, but I don't, I don't know who to blame. I'm mostly probably going to blame Apple, but it's it all is right in the world again, but I still kind of resent the fact that I have to have my running playlists also set up in Apple music in case it doesn't work for some reason. Cause I'm, I'm obviously not going to go home and I'm, it's impossible for me to run more than like a hundred feet with without music. Cause I just get bored. Mm-hmm. So, you know, anyway, it works now kind of maybe I think, but it does work. Don't know for how long, I guess it's the, <laughs> the story, but it, but it's, but it's fine. <sighs> and then rounding this out and then we'll move on to new stuff. Yeah. My Fort, my iPhone 14 pro is, I think it might have like, uh, what's the Harry Potter thing? A, a Horcrux? I, like it, it's cursed. <laughs> what's a what's a Horcrux? Uh oh God! Yeah, it's been so long since I read Harry Potter. It's it, it's it's like the bad thing in Harry Potter, though. I I, I think you used that term correctly. Okay, it's it's, it's a thing that Voldemort uses. Y- yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Him him and Snape. All right. So yeah, so my iPhone 14 Pro. It's, it's had so many weird issues, like. Have you ever had a problem on your 14 Pro Max where you open the camera and just nothing happens, really? I've, I actually don't think I've had it on this phone, but I've absolutely had that problem on previous phones. I feel like that's gotten better with the, what is it, 16.0.2? Like, I, 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 I've had a lot of things where you do the little shortcut and then, yeah, it just goes to a blank screen. And I sometimes had that on my 13 and 12, but it that's been kind of an issue. And then I had a thing where I did the iCloud restore, but then I think we talked about it on the show where it I the reason I buy the big capacity phone is that I want it to not be on optimized storage. I want it to download all the originals. And I would just leave it for like multiple days and it would just say, hey, downloading 23,900 some images and just it wouldn't move. And I just didn't know why. And I even erased the phone and tried again and it wouldn't move. And I just eventually one night it was like, oh, hey, sync to iCloud. I'm like, great. And then it, it just had other weird stuff. And then I was doing the update to, to try to fix the Strava thing or to fix the Spotify thing. And then I sent you a picture. What did it, what did it say? Hold on. Uh, the picture you sent me made it look like you were doing a factory restore or something not intentionally no so if you look at the bottom (laughs) of that picture it's just a white screen as though you're erasing your phone and it said attempting data recovery Mm. what the fuck does that mean so after an hour my phone was seemingly fine apparently it did attempt a data recovery and recovered the data i don't know why i but i'm just so confused and like just worried about like 
I don't think it's a hardware issue, but I just don't know if like I, like something is weird about my iCloud backup where my phone is buggy as shit, I, and I don't know what to do about it. Like I, I don't want to waste the two hours of erasing my phone and doing yet another iCloud restore and logging back into everything and hoping it's somehow more reliable. But like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't really know. You it's sound like um, it's you sound like um Mike Hurley. He had kind of he had kind of the same experience. Well, he did the he did the fool's errand, and this uh, and I have other reasons that we won't discuss on the show to have a lot of anecdotal data points about this. But you know that phone to phone transfer stuff is BS. Like it 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 is a a terrible. Like I don't know why they recommend people do that. It is horribly unreliable. And that was his issue: was that he did the phone to phone, like, hey, let's just make an ad hoc network between the two. And the alleged benefit of doing that is that it it bypasses the cloud so it will like let's say you have download all originals of your photos and like it'll actually move those so it doesn't have to pull them from the cloud but it takes forever it ostensibly prevents you from having to log back into stuff but you still have to log back into stuff and his thing was that yeah there were just like several elements of his backup that were just like broken and then he eventually nuked it and restored from iCloud and it was fine that's why like i mean iCloud like when you got your um 14 pro max did you do phone to phone or did you do iCloud oh I did I did iCloud yeah because that's the only sensible option and, and that's what I did and it's still like this this man this phone's cursed I shouldn't have gotten purple damn it I shouldn't have gotten purple the the more disturbing thing I'm seeing in this photo though is you appear to have you, a you sc- my case a screen protector Oh well, um, kind of, and and, and, a, and and it doesn't fit. Shut up! Hey, not not only a screen protector, but a screen protector that's that's meant for it's free for a 13 Pro. Hey, it's free. But why why do you have a screen protector? I don't I don't get that. Um, because ever since the 13 came out, they changed the 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 type of glass. They scratch really easily. That's true, but not really like in a noticeable way. My third, my thirteen had a lot of scratches on it, and I'm not an uncareful person. With wait, what's what's the what's what's the proper English of uncareful? I'm not a careless person. Don't um don't screen protectors make the screen feel like all weird though? Nope, not if you get a proper tempered glass screen protector. But it, it is. It, but again, it 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 costs me nothing, and I am still waiting to get your um your uh your secondhand totally case. So mm. yeah, I have the I have the world's cheapest um amazon case because i can't go caseless because even though i'm not hard on my phone at all i will drop my phone once a week because i'm up i'm just sometimes a clumsy person and i don't feel like because i got the 512 this time i don't feel like spending 1300 dollars when i inevitably drop my phone in just the perfect corner and it just goes yeah i i, uh, <laughs> I, I, I won't i won't get too specific here but but you you don't have access to any sort of discounted iPhone accessories? No, I do, but still. <laughs> but again, this this was like $11 on Amazon. And again, all I just want is a, a clear case that shows off my sometimes purple phone. And I was like, I just, I hate this phone. <laughs> the Dynamic Island sucks. Like, as somebody who doesn't run my phone in dark mode, it stinks. This phone's a downgrade, man. Do you ostensibly think anything's better about the 14 Pro Max? Like the camera's not better. I, like I, I will, I will plant my flag in the ground. Like I'm, I've, I know I've 
I've had like a, a weird unproductive photography year, but like th- this camera's not better. I'm not seeing anything where 48 megapixels is actually doing anything better. Uh, yeah, no, I, and you know, even though 16 ones out now, none of, none of my regularly used apps have been updated to, to really do anything interesting with live activities. And as far as I know, like none of the, like sports apps have been updated yet, which is kind of like the one thing you, you really wanted for. Yeah. Google maps certainly doesn't. Um, yeah, I, um, kind of, kind of shocked that like ESPN and Bleacher Report and like all the major sports apps weren't ready to go on day one. Like, I'm I'm surprised that Apple didn't like work with them to make that happen. Cause this feature is already so, it has already had such a weird rollout in the sense that like nothing really used it from the get go. And, you know, it's like, oh, well, that's okay. Like just wait until, you know, the, the point one release and that's where everything's going to roll out. And I don't know, we're two days into that and it still doesn't feel like much has changed. I mean, maybe if Bleacher Report added a casino element to their app and mm. then paid Apple to promote <laughs> it, it would be better. Maybe. Tim Cook never met an American dollar he didn't love. Oh, man. Um, we'll get there. Uh, anyway, so yeah, my 14, I don't, I don't know, man. I like, it's just, I, I don't, it's not, it's like, it's working fine, sort of, but just like, it's, it's like, I I can't think of the, with the, with the, the Germans probably have a word for this, but it's the thing when like you lose faith in something because it was weird like a couple of times and you're just like, I don't know if I could trust you. Oh, like, you mean like you're <laughs> Stop. Hey, <laughs> this call has been rock solid. Um, um, but no, but it's like, well, you just kind of like, you're like, oh, like you, whether you have like, whether it's. Like this happens like with appliances a lot, but a lot of times with technology, yeah, it's just like you were you were weird at a very inconsequential but kind of important time, and now I'm I'm just always going to be anxious anytime I do this. It's like, it's like I don't know. Have you, have, you, have you ever had like an electronic device that's kind of like giving you a tiny bit of a shock? Um, not that I can like specifically remember. No. Like I've had that once and now, and now I'm always weird about plugging in my external hard drive enclosure. Like it's just, it's just like weird stuff like that where, yeah, anyway, but like that, yeah, I'm, I'm nervous about this phone. Yeah. yeah the, this is, this is, 2022 is a cursed year a little bit. <laughs> the, um, yeah, the tough spot you're in is that if you do a, like a full restore, if, if it works, then it you, you know it, right. it will have been it will you no know, it, it will have all been worth it and you won't even really like mm-hmm. think about the you know couple of hours or whatever that it took to do but if it doesn't work then it just makes the situation like worse cuz now you're like resentful for that extra time that you've spent trying to figure it out yeah and the thing is like i know, but the problem is like i know it's not a hardware issue cuz like the no, phone's not no. restarting so and it blah, anyway well, I mean, fine. We'll see. I mean, you know, nuclear option would be to, you know, restore the phone and not restore no. from an iCloud backup. But I don't have I don't have that luxury. Like, I need all my information. Well, I mean, you know, your photos will still come down. Like messages will still come down. It's it's basically just like all your apps you got to reinstall. But in literally every fussy setting. 
dumb me a setup no. well yeah no you would have to re- redo all that although i think i mean even when you're restoring from an icloud backup i i think like all the system files and ios you're you're installing fresh like i don't think you're like you know what i mean like i don't think you're like downloading like ios like kind of like source files back from the cloud again or like back from yeah. like your specific backup so I, I do think even an icloud backup is basically a fresh start well but, but i've already done that because i had that thing where it just would not it would just it was like five days and it just would not download my icloud photo library and then i i nuked it and did it again so i've already done that mm. but it's that that point release update where it's that attempting data recovery that makes me nervous Anyway, we'll see. We'll give it another week, and if it if I lose all my information, and then yeah, we'll see. Yeah. All right. Uh, what I this isn't follow up. I'm not. I'm not entirely sure why. What, what's What's up with the iPad announcement? Oh, um, no. I just there were there were two um two good write ups on the the iPad. So you know, German German had his thing um in his um was it power up newsletter. Um, so we'll put a link to that in the notes. And I actually thought Gruber, it, he, he called this, actually, no, he didn't really call this a review because he, he basically just did kind of a, kind of just a write-up of the iPad. There's not really a lot of opinion in it. It's just a really, really good summary of the iPad lineup and all the different, you know, keyboard accessories and just sort of everything that was announced last week and everything about the iPad lineup as it stands now. Um, so we'll put, we'll put links to both of those in the notes. I just thought that if you kind of wanted to get your head around like where the iPad stands today, those were, um, those were two good, two good places to do that. Cause it, it really, it really is a hot mess. So it, it takes, um, it takes a bit to kind of piece it all together. Yeah. I, I skimmed the, the Gruber article and I thought, I thought it, not that it's a counterpoint, but I do think it was a good um, additional reference point to uh, the two Jason Snell articles on six colors. Um, well, so I think I think the difference there is that Jason is coming at the iPad from the perspective of somebody who really wants to like it and really wants to use it for more. Whereas Gruber's always come up from the angle of like, yeah, this is always going to be a secondary device to my Mac. And so like from that perspective, which which I, I'm much more in the Gruber camp and I think you are as well, like yeah. kind of like nothing nothing could really disappoint me about the with the iPad because I, I kind of just don't really care. Like the I the iPad <laughs> the iPad's fine for what I need it for. And like all this stuff that they're trying to kind of bolt onto it, like I'm not really interested in any of that. Um, so I, I like the way that you described Jason because I was much more uh, diplomatic than I was going to explain as somebody who's just like super horny for the iPad and wants to be the best thing possible. Like that absolutely makes sense, which is that Gruber addresses it from somebody who, because he even had this in, a, I don't know if it was this exact same article, but it was a, or maybe the one right before it when Ventura came out. But he was like, I uh, I jump on to like iOS stuff immediately, but I wait to update my Macs because they're too critical to my work, which is absolutely true, which is that Macs are for getting things done and iPads are for not doing that. So, no, so that, that, that's absolutely true. And again, Jason and 
Federico and a bunch of other people who actually in this generation have a lot of differing opinions. They're people who just so profoundly want the iPad to be great, even though it's a product that never will be great. I, I like it. I think this is one of those things where young people say, find the lie. Like it's just never going to be good because Apple is never going to be willing to put one foot firmly in the like, because that's the whole thing with all the stage manager business. And I don't, I mean, we might as well talk about it now because like, I don't think we, either of us have a whole lot to share about it, but it is the way that it is because Apple is refusing to go like fully into, Hey, there's windows that you can move around. Like they, they still think that there needs to be some guise of this needs to be decidedly different from the Mac. Like this needs to be some type of re-envisioning of how multitasking works. And the reality of that is, hey, it's kind of a shitty idea that maybe does 40% of what you want it to do, but is just so poorly implemented and hard to use that it might as well not even be there. And it's somehow managed to make everybody hate it. Like even like Federico Vitici, who's who's a very interesting guy and who just really loves the iPad, hates it so much. And who who is somebody who thinks that It'd be great if he could just plug his iPad into a studio display and just use it that way. But it's just so poorly implemented. Like, I mean, I don't know, man, but like the, the, the hardware lineup and the software parts are entirely different, but the hardware is so frequently let down by the software, but now the hardware is living as complicated an existence and marketing story as the software has been and that previously wasn't the case and i think that have you listened to this week's upgrade i'm partway through it so they had a good point i forget who said it but like it's the thing of like just like kind of like whether you're going up or down the line like there's a lot of reasons now where like there's no clear case for like spend a little bit more or spend a little bit less and you kind of know what the models do. Like if, if anybody can make a succinct and compelling case of what the difference between the 10th generation iPad and the iPad Air are and what you're spending $150 to $200 on, like there's no 15 second elevator pitch to explain that. Like the Air has a laminated screen and a processor that is slightly different. Okay. The iPad Pro has, a, has the FaceTime camera that's still in the wrong place. Okay. And it, now has the M2 processor that is maybe 12% faster than the old one. Sure. Like, again, I will sometimes go to use one of my iPads as a, like a Spotify controller for my Sonos speakers. And I will find that it's completely discharged because I have not used it in two months. Like I'm, I'm the wrong person to talk to about iPads, but like this current generation and everything is just kind of, for for casual iPad users and iPad lovers alike seems to just be a gigantic mess. I don't know. Yeah, well, and, you know, the, the thing with the, the iPad Pro line over basically since 2018 is that really the only thing they've done with it is speed increases. Um, with with a notable exception of the magic keyboard and cursor stuff, which they did in in 2020, and that 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 stuff's that stuff's been really good. But that's that's an accessory. Um, that's not really the device itself. And I mean, the 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 hilarious thing about that is that 
I mean, the, the 2018 iPad Pro, which is the one that I have, is still, like, ridiculously fast. So, like, them focused on, you know, updating the processor or making that kind of, like, the big marquee upgrade for the past few years, um, it's, you know, it, it's it's a solution that didn't have a problem. So, yeah, I, iPad's in a weird spot. Yep. And I'm assuming you ordered your 2022 iPad Pro? <laughs> no, I um, I did download iPad OS 16.1 on my iPad Pro, though. Because um, I, I have never, I have never, like, seen Stage Manager in action. I've, I've heard it described, you know, ad nauseum on podcasts and have read a little bit about it, but I've never really actually seen it let alone like try to use it. And the the one thing I was curious about was just as somebody who's in that position, like what is it like opening stage manager for the first time? And, you know, the, the, the first thing that stands out is that when you download iPad OS 16.1, as well as um, Ventura is the same way on the Mac, you know, you go, you finish, you know, you finish installing the update. And sometimes Apple, when they do big updates, as soon as you turn your device or as soon as it kind of finishes updating and your device boots up for the first time, it'll like highlight a couple of new features that it has. Mm -hmm. There is no mention of stage manager at all. Um, and like the, literally the only way I even knew how to open it on the iPad was because I, I've heard it on podcasts like, Oh, it's, it's a mode and control center. Like I otherwise would have no idea even like how to enable it. And so I, you know, I did that. I turned it on. And I mean, it, it's impossible to to know like what you're supposed to do, like without without going and like reading some write up about it or something. Like, I have no idea how you'd figure out how to use it, which is just which is which is a weird. It's a weird thing for Apple to to ship. Yeah, let me give you a link there was this one it's kind of an amusing video um on okay so there's some guy i'm not familiar with him but jeff holbrook people should just give it give it a listen you don't have to actually have the sound on or anything but pay attention but it he explains kind of like you because people know the traditional ios uh or sorry the ipad os multitasking has always always been either split view uh full screen or you have like the slide overview and he shows a like just specifically like just a lot of the ways that stage managers doesn't work no matter how you're actually trying to use it so yeah it's 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 kind of interesting so if you're somebody who hasn't used it before and doesn't use an ipad regularly it explains what they're trying to do but also how it lacks any of the promised like flexibility like it's still very much just a weird mode that is kind of an evolution of the multitasking that's been available since iOS or iPad OS nine. Is that the one where they built the one that had the really you remember like the very first one where it just had like you swiped over a little bit and it just literally had an alphabetical listing of every app that was <laughs> on your iPad? Yeah. Yeah. I mean it, it it's 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 still not good. Well, sorry, that's that's not news, but it's 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 very bad. Yeah, but you know, again, going back to kind of, you know, my point from a few minutes ago about 
kind of the, the angle that I'm coming at the iPad from, I don't, I don't really like have a desire to, to really do a lot of multitasking with the iPad and the very rare occasion that I do something like split view is actually like fine for me. So well, that, so I, 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 so, and I mean this respectfully. So then I think that actually you, you're the problem. You're, you're the problem that, <laughs> that stops Apple from doing something interesting is that you're somebody who you're used like, cause it's, it's people like you and simple users that make them unwilling to really evolve what the iPad can do. And I think that's fair because I think the whole, like, cause that's, that's why the Mac exists. Like uh, that's what I was going to say. Pe- yeah. well, it's, it's people like who, like Jason and Federico who are just so badly want to make iPad happen. And I, and I want people to read that in the mean girl's voice of, of make fetch happen. But like, it's just like, there's a reason why the Mac is such a powerful thing and why we've had fucking like, we've had windowed environments for three decades and the reason why the iPad gets to be simple, like you get to have full screen apps and you want, like you, you go to the Apple store, you buy a 10 inch screen for $500. You can watch Netflix on it. You can hand it to your kid and have them play a Toka Boca game, or they can watch Sesame street, or you can use it as a, a kitchen computer to look at a recipe and it does its thing. And the way to keep that simple and straightforward is letting the iPad be what the iPad has been. And if you happen to want to open Slack or your text messages, you can do that and slide over. And that was a pretty cool evolution of what the iPad is. But it's this whole, like, what what is the next step or that bridge to making it a true productivity device? And Apple's not willing to do the work that needs to be done for fear of making the iPad too complicated for people like you. Not because it's you're not capable of understanding how it works, but that's just, it, it eliminates the kind of one tap, one swipe simplicity of the iPad. And that's a fair thing to be nervous about. But it's also to a degree people like an, an issue for the people who just are so are, are so horny for the iPad as, as the, the dream device that they want it to be when just use a Mac. I don't know. The, 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 because the, part like, that, the part that I'd push back there, though, is that I do feel like Apple's actually solved the problem you're describing, which I think is kind of like the one main thing they did right with Stage Manager, which is just making it a different mode. So but it's then, it's there then, for the people who want it, and you can ignore it if you don't. But but they're not. But, but what I'm saying is the the full the full assed way of doing multitasking on the iPad is something that they're unwilling to do because that makes the iPad entirely different from what it is. Because the way that because if they were to actually re envision and make the iPad a true capable multitasking device. It can't be a mode because that iPad OS would have to so fundamentally change because you'd have to have something almost akin to the menu bar because it's not just these weird floating windows that sometimes occasionally snap and have like these guided modes. Like on, on my Mac right now, like I just like the way I have everything, like I've got text make open, text made open, zoom open, Slack open, Safari, uh, Chrome open, audio hide. Like I cannot imagine any way that this could be done well on stage manager. And I can't think of any tweak that they would make to stage manager that would make this even palatable. So unless you go so far down the road of, 
iPadOS becomes almost macOS, why even bother? Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, well, it's for, for smarter people than us, and that's why they're selling ads on the App Store for casinos so that they can pay the developers to make iPads that don't have the software to back it up. <laughs> um. All right, let's just jump right into new business, and let's rearrange stuff a little bit. Can you tell me about this level lock thing? Yeah, so I wanted to bring this up... Um not really even so much specifically about this particular product, but more about um, HomeKey in general. And this this product sort of highlights what I'm so bummed out about with HomeKey, which is what's making me think about this. So if you remember, this is like two WWDCs ago, like WWDC 2020, I think. Um, Apple announced HomeKey. Which, which I think there had been like some rumors around, and you know the the thing that I've been um, wanting for a while now is for Apple to utilize the the fancy was it the U one chip, the ultra wideband chip that they have, mm-hmm. which I think they they use that for car key, right, and the new AirPods, <clears throat> right, um. Like that that would be the dream cuz like basically like my August lock it does exactly what I want it to do. It locks the door, you know, automatically um when it's closed and that that's actually done through like a sensor in the door so that, that the locking part's not really actually what I'm trying to get at here, but the unlocking part is when I get close to my front door, it detects that and it un- automatically unlocks the door, which is great. With the caveat that it's using location services in iOS along with Bluetooth to kind of hack all that together, and it it mostly well, I mean, we've talked about <laughs> we've talked about August a lot on this show. Like, uh, it, mostly is like carrying a doing a lot of work there, but it yeah. it ebbs and flows. It it goes through phases where it works better than others. I'm currently in a phase where it's working pretty well, but it's you know it, sometimes it doesn't work at all. Sometimes it well, works, but like. Only... The issue is that, the issue is that it, the way that it works is just such a weird stew of like is it needs access to your location all the time. It's using both Bluetooth and Wi-Fi geolocation services versus something like Home Key and the U1 and all that kind of stuff that is actually feels like a purpose built solution for what it's hoping to achieve. Exactly, and I, you know I have I have a similar issue with um, like my Model Three as well, which you know uses my phone as a key, but it, it's doing exactly the same thing where it's it's hacking together this Bluetooth solution. That I mean, God, even after you know the the four plus years I've owned my car, like still isn't is quite as reliable as you'd want it to be. Um, but, but so anyway, like my, my sort of dream smart lock would be basically exactly the August smart lock, but have it use the U1 chip instead of Bluetooth. Um, and what's so frustrating about home key is that it uses NFC and not the U1 chip. So this this level lock plus thing, which I'll I'll put a link to in the notes, like 
is is such an interesting product because it, it it all the thing it has going for it too is that it, it literally just looks like a regular door lock, so it doesn't look like some big dongle attached to your front door like the August Smart Lock does. Um, mm-hmm. and like HomeKey with like the NFC support that it has, like in in theory, sounds neat, but it relies on every single like member of your family reliably having access to either their phone or really ideally an apple watch to unlock the door because you actually have to physically you know i guess you don't have to physically like tap your phone or your watch but you have to get it like really close to the lock just like you just like apple pay or something in order for it to you know trigger the door to unlock and that's like part of what's so great about the august auto unlock when it does work is that you don't have to do anything. Like you just literally walk up to the door and it's and it's unlocked. And it's frequently unlocked before you even got there. Exactly. Like so if, you're, if you have an arm full of groceries, like you don't have to worry about it. You're not fumbling for some. Apparently, this has something that looks like a credit card that you have to tap if you can't access your phone or watch. Right, which is which is how the the my Tesla works too, where it, you you have like a little card thing that's like a backup if something happens to your phone uh, that I just like carry in my wallet. Um, but like it's, I haven't looked at this level lock plus like super carefully, so it it may have some kind of location based auto unlock feature similar to the August, but like assuming that it doesn't, well, well I actually in would, the highlight in the highlights it does say unlock your door automatically un, upon approach with auto unlock. Oh, okay. So it okay. So it it does have that but i assume that's probably using the same bluetooth hackery that that the um august lock does so then i guess the using home key and nfc at least the backup method is would be rock solid i guess i guess but like i guess i I guess do you you kind of see what i'm saying like this is like it's this is so close to being well, this feels Great. like a hotel, like a hotel room solution, not a home solution. But this but it, also speaks to kind of the whole thing about the home app. Just never actually, it doesn't. Even though they keep saying they reinvented it and redesigned it, it doesn't actually seem to think through how people actually live entirely. Yeah. I yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not even going so broad into like the whole home thing. I just like just Apple's support of smart locks and and home key like why why aren't they using the u1 chip for that that seems like such a no brainer so i think what what you're what you're proposing is that you wish apple would try to make some kind of like sanctioned privacy focused api that would somehow leverage your somewhat anonymized location and the u1 chipset to enable smart home devices to better i don't think if you used the U1, you would need to use your location at all. Because the But doesn't the, the U1 have to like like you have your phone has to be on and unlocked? I don't think the U1 just kinda is always doing its thing. Um well I think for like car key that's the way that it works. Like I think what I'm saying is they, they just mm-hmm. need to do what they're doing for car key for home key. Was car key demoed as Though you just walk up to the car and yeah. your phone's in your pocket and everything's great. Exactly. 
Yeah. Oh, well, my car was one year too uh, too old for that, so yeah. I can't tell you that. But and that's you know that's that's the way that my Model Three works slash is supposed to work with Bluetooth, and you know it it does it it's got about the same success rate as the August Auto Unlock. It's probably pretty similar, which makes sense because it's all using the same you know hacky Bluetooth thing. Um. So yeah, I I you know it just. Uh, this this level lock plus with an alternative version of home key that used a u1 chip instead of um nfc would just be like an instant buy that would be such a great smart lock solution so i have a dumb question with so the august lock that i had relied on four double a batteries that needed to be replaced every three months this one says it just uses a watch battery. How on earth does that work? That is interesting. Like, because it, I assume, has to do the same thing that the August lock did, which is that it, like, actually moves like a deadbolt, which is not probably not, like, super power intensive, but I, how on earth? Like, yeah, the, I, I wouldn't assume a watch battery would be able to do that and not die immediately. No, yeah, that that is interesting. Um, I thought you, you'd you'd appreciate this. Um, so I have the you know the August Wi-Fi lock, which is kind of like the the generation newer than the one that that you had. What the hell are uh, these? <laughs> yeah, it takes. Um, it's only two of these, which is nice, but it takes two um, CR one twenty three A batteries. Which yeah, I I had definitely never heard of prior to getting this this august lock but um i like on the product description it literally tells you not to use them in certain smart home devices oh it does um, it says not recommended for arlo security cameras oh, um no. interesting are these just like half height double a batteries basically yeah um yeah, speaking of not using particular batteries and smart home stuff. Um, <laughs> that... Sorry. Do you do you have the Amazon product page open? Yeah. Scroll down to the first customer question and answers. Hmm. What is this here? <laughs> <laughs> question. <laughs> question. How can I get a sample of these batteries? Uh, Ernest says, buy some. <laughs> not, not wrong. Um, uh, all right. It's pretty good. Um, yeah. So what I was going to say was... Um, the you know the keypad which as we've previously discussed is is an essential part of um the august setup um (laughs) it takes two triple a batteries and what's annoying is that um rechargeable triple a batteries just don't seem to play nice with it yeah i think when i bought i think you actually probably nudged me to buy the like those panasonic and loop things yeah and basically anytime you go like look at like you everybody says hey yeah but don't use them on smart home stuff yeah it, yeah which is which is lame um yeah no Ugh. all right um okay we'll talk about something more relatable to a broader audience uh taylor swift has a new album this as of last week I I cannot believe that we're like over an hour into this thing and we haven't mentioned that. Well, I I I didn't want to dominate the conversation. Right? I didn't want to steer this to people people come to this for esoteric 
hyper local Bay Area stuff and people talking about Advil and getting him getting old. So yeah, uh it was released Thursday night, um, or Friday morning at midnight uh Eastern time. Have you had a chance to listen? Uh not all the way through, unfortunately. But I've listened to some of it. Okay. Thoughts or needs more time to marinate? Needs more time to marinate. The I've listened to, I guess, maybe the first half. Um overall it's 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 I think I like it, but it's a little um samesy. Ouch. Hmm. A lot of tracks that seem like they're similar. But but that don't don't kind hold of, me to maybe, but don't don't kind, hold me to that. I need I need to listen okay. to it more. All right, kind of maybe, but also harsh disagree. I guess my my before we go too much further into this, and we and we won't stress this because I because uh, if you haven't listened to the whole thing, that that you're you're missing a lot of the best songs. Um, did you enjoy folklore and Evermore? Um, did did you like her pandemic folksy pivot? Not as much, no. Okay. Do you think you gave them an adequate chance? Probably not. No. Okay, that's fair. Like, I, I guess if you, if you're used to like more poppy Taylor Swift, that's it, I I I can I can understand why somebody might not give it as much of a listen as it maybe needs. But you, but anyway, so, this, it's not not my opinion that really matters here. What do you, what do you think of this? <laughs> Jeez. Um things very good. So this album has been different than the past two because over so the the, the pandemic I was gonna say the pandemic has been weird. No shit. Um the before, prior to the pandemic, uh Taylor sorry, first name basis, had released uh the album Lover, and uh unfortunately the pandemic robbed her of being able to have a proper tour. And then during that whole quiet period, she had been doing a couple other things. So she had been re-recording her old albums based off of that uh, licensing rights feud off over her masters with um, Scooter Braun. And she'd also made two newer albums that were surprise releases. Uh, and that was Folklore and Evermore, which are both very good albums. And again, an acquired taste. And I understand people who are very much expect a very particular type of Taylor Swift may not have been instantly attached to it, but I, I, I think if somebody needed some advice, there are definitely some bangers on there, and, and I could guide them if they needed to. But Midnight's is the first Taylor Swift album in a long time that was released like a normal album, like it was not a surprise. So even like if you went to Spotify, like there was up until the moment that it was released, if you went to her artist page, like it literally had a little countdown thing, and you could set up a push alert to let you know when it was released. And she was also selling it on uh, special edition vinyl, which apparently has sold 500,000 copies. I don't know that 500,000 Americans have record players. Like that's, that's, that's kind of astounding. And also kind of unique that much like Chip and Jojo, Taylor has a special relationship with Target and uh, creates special versions of her vinyl just for them. Hmm. But yeah, anyway, like it, it's uh, apparently it has broken uh, all kinds of streaming records. It is the most uh, streamed Spotify album ever. 
uh, in some certain amount of time is one of the best selling records of the past. I I don't even remember how many, but it's, it, what what is it? Let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. People are projecting that Midnight's will sell 1.4 to 1.6 million copies, uh, which will even possibly eclipse 2014's 1989, which is definitely saying something. Anyway, it's it's a very good album. People should give it a try. The best songs on it are by far Mastermind and uh, Maroon. And yeah, give it a try. It's very good. I'm glad you like it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Apple stuff or other Apple stuff? Uh, yeah, yeah. This is kind of, you got to take the lead on this. Let's blaze through this because I don't think we have a whole a whole ton to say about it. There's been a few updates in Apple Land recently. So Apple updated their App Store guidelines to say that um, if you sell, if if your app or your service supports the ability to like promote a post or like sell like what a lot of social apps called boosts, you now have to make those available as in-app purchases. Otherwise, Apple will reject your app. And similarly, Spotify has been trying to get into the audiobook game and they came out publicly um, after privately fighting with Apple saying that Apple has been rejecting all of their app updates because they want to take 30% of every audiobook that is sold. And similarly, or or somewhat related, uh, as of today, Apple has released two new types of ad units on the App Store where there are now ads in the Today tab, which is kind of that curated editorial style list of, hey, here's apps that you can see. And on top of App Store search ads that most indie developers were already mad about, they are now selling on individual app pages. If you scroll, it'll say, like, you may also want to consider, or I forget what the wording is. And now Apple is selling ads for uh, casinos, and random other stuff like i i went to just like i just wanted to try and see what kind of ads i got i went to the just the amazon shopping product page on the app store and it was giving me ads for psychics and tarot card readers and i did get casino ads and it's all super super gross and all of this can be just summed up as tim wants money and tim doesn't care what apple really stands for anymore so I'm curious if you have any thoughts on the broader subject of Apple's less focused and less wholesome search for services revenue. Because we, we, we've, we've talked about and we've belabored the point of should Apple be making TV shows? Should Apple be giving you more iCloud store space? But at least all of those things seem like extremely clear-cut ways of making money. What is your read on sketchy-ass ads in the App Store continuing to just, like, it? they can't not want antitrust scrutiny at this point with all the ways that they're trying to continue to do the whole Apple tax 30% thing on every bit of commerce that happens on an iPhone. So I guess, like, yeah, well, what's what's your what's your read on that? The rest of it, it comes across as 
really, really desperate. Um, and the the thing that I'm thinking of, which I just sent you a link to, is a, a short article that the New York Times did today talking about, you know, disappointing tech earnings that have been coming out this week. And there's a there's a little blurb in here, which I think is really applicable to the root problem here. Um, so this little passage is there being these tech companies. Sudden slowdown is exposing a weakness. The big tech companies haven't really found a new, very profitable idea in years. Despite years of investment in new businesses, Google and Meta still rely mostly on ad sales. The iPhone, 15 years after it upended the industry, still drives Apple's profits. And I think that I that, dis okay. Sorry, please. No, I I I think that's I think that's that's a it's an interesting take, and I think that goes a long way towards explaining some of the decisions that Apple's making here, which is you know Wall Street's going to continue to demand demand growth, and you know in in the absence of there being, I mean we just. We're talking about the iPad, right? Like, there's not not really a lot interesting going on there. I mean, the Mac's actually been really interesting the last you know year or two, but that's such a small part of Apple's overall business. And so, you know, what does that leave them with? It leaves them with trying to drive services revenue, and then you know now they're at the point with that where it's like you know, they've done music, they've done fitness, they've done TV, they've kind of like they've done all the obvious stuff. So now it's ads. So going back to the New York Times thing, I disagree profoundly that, th that those three companies should be lumped together. I think all of those struggles are entirely unique. So, sorry, what, what, were the th what was it? Was it Microsoft, Facebook, and Apple in that sentence? It was uh, Google, Facebook, and Apple. So, but that's entirely different. So Apple has, an, Apple has the most honest business model of any of them, Google. Next up, and then Facebook is the uh, and and I swear to God I will but until I die I will never call it Meta. So Apple makes a thing, they sell people a thing, and for decades they pretended their thing was better than other things and respected your privacy and your attention, and that's why you bought that and you paid more money for it. And now Apple has kind of disregarded that idea, and now they're like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna make it shitty like everybody else, but we're not gonna reduce the price of the phones. So that's different. But Apple at least they sell you a thing, they make a thing. You pay money for the thing. Google, their whole ethos has been, hey, we're going to organize the world's information and we're ultimately, we're going to pretend we're not, but we're an ad tech company and we sell ads and that's it. And that's honestly kind of fine. Google has not necessarily been that much of a data harvester. I know that's hard to say when they control your email, your mapping and everything else in the world, but they're slightly less sketchy about it. So, but having Apple lumped in with Google and to the, a certain extent, Facebook, who Facebook, Facebook is run by somebody who has not had a good idea in 10 years. Facebook is by somebody who keeps trying to make his, his Mark Zuckerberg is a 40 year old man who has been trying to make VR happen for so long. They don't want to appropriately nurture facebook and instagram they keep trying to kill instagram and make it tiktok which they won't and as a result from squandering those opportunities and just letting facebook itself 
become a place of false information and a place for boomers. They have somehow pivoted, changed the name of the entire company and are spending, what is it? $300 million a quarter on the metaverse, a thing that will never actually happen. So having their dismal earnings and their 15% quarter over quarter ad sales decline lumped in with Apple destroying what they've made seems disingenuous. So, uh, this Times article, I don't buy that. The entire tech industry is falling narrative to a degree makes sense, but you can't include Apple in that because Apple is such a profitable company that has absurd margins of 35 to 40% on hardware that everybody else would dream about. And yet a company with that much money in the bank and with those margins is still unwilling to say no to casino ads in the app store. I, I like that's my problem is that sure you can say there hasn't been like a new growth strategy, but Hey, the average selling price of every iPhone keeps going up every single quarter. The iPhone 14 pro max is the best selling phone, which starts at $1,100. Like they're making plenty of money and there is a growth story there, but you know what? Like app store ads aren't it. Like that ain't it chief. So like, that's, that's like, that's the part that I, I don't get. And I don't think it's fair to put Apple in the same basket as everybody else. I don't, well, I don't think that article is trying to, from like a, like a moral or even sort of any sort of opinionated standpoint, group them together. It's more just the general idea that, you know, Google and Facebook kind of revolutionized ad tech. And then Apple revolutionized the smartphone and that, you know, those, those two things are what have led them to where they are today. And the challenge that they're all facing is that those breakthroughs that they had, you know, created this, you know, rocket ship level of, of growth that in the absence of having something new come along, they're not going to be able to sustain. And I mean, that's then, then we get into a whole big, you could get into a whole big side conversation about, well, I mean, it's some, somewhat the problem of, of publicly traded companies, right? Is this expectation of, of constant, you know, ever accelerating growth mm-hmm. and whether that's even achievable to begin with. Well, sure. But the, but the quote of the iPhone 15 years after, after it updated, upended the industry still drives Apple's profits. Well, no shit. Like it, it, it it's the, th- it's, it's a thousand dollar thing that pe- that, that nerds buy every year that regular people buy every three to four years. But the, the next, and this is the, I, I forget who wrote this and actually might actually, I swear to God, it might actually be the author of this article. Cause I think this might've been something out of trip Mickle's uh, problematic book about the post Johnny Ivan post Steve era, which is that Tim cook adequately identified or astutely identified that there would never be another iPhone and that services revenue would be the next iPhone. But my point is that you have honest ways of generating that revenue. Like I, I, I complain every three months about the fact that Apple, the free amount of storage space you get on an iPhone, even after you spend a thousand dollars on your phone is five gigabytes. That's dumb. That's silly. But at least charging people for $3 a month that I pay for my 200 gigs of iCloud storage space, at least that feels like an honest way to make a living. And if you want to give Jason Sudeikis a bunch of money to make a fun TV show that people like that now... Sorry, it's now going to cost, we probably won't get to it today, but it's now going to cost $7 a month to watch that. That's fine because you're providing people a service. 
But then when you have to, when you build your entire brand and you, your alleged stated competitive advantage about having iOS is that it's a privacy respecting, not user hostile experience. And you now, somebody in biz dev team said that, well, actually, you know, we can make probably an extra 28 cents per iPhone per year. Well, you're, you, you're better with this kind of stuff than me. Like you, you could say that that, that that's worth it. And what we're going to do is just put just, just mounds of crap in the app store for ads and make it a user hostile environment because we can make a tiny bit more money on every single iPhone we sell and we can report that to Wall Street. Like that's the part where that's not fundamental to Apple's business. And no matter how effective they can possibly be with it, it's never going to be a meaningful amount of money to make, like, I just don't get it. Like the, the, it's getting so, so brazen and lousy. And I just, I, I can't believe there's no rational people left inside Apple that are willing to say, Hey, the damage to the brand and the user hostility, of this is not worth it. I don't know. Like it, it's just, Apple's fundamentally different because selling a thing for money to somebody that comes in a box seems like honest business. Whereas Google, you can always say the whole thing of like, Hey, you're, you're not, if you're not buying the thing, you're the product. Like you always know that, Hey, Google can think that each user generates $2 and 36, $236 a month based off how much they use our service. But Apple sells you a thing and everything else is just gravy on top. And eventually you have to think about does adding that extra stuff into the gravy spoil the broth? Is that is that a thing? I don't think it is, but it, but it's just. I think broth becomes gravy, but it it my point still stands. Is that this? It's not worth it, and I don't know who can possibly tell the people in power at Apple that this isn't. Like, there's no way that App Store ads are worth it. Oh. Uh. Like, cause you've seen, no, I'm not saying like a firsthand, but like just, just when companies lose their way, like it's not, cause it doesn't start like little by little, like, and I don't know, like I don't, is Disney the appropriate comparison here? Because Disney to a degree also has a legitimate business, but eventually you just get so blinded by the greed that eventually there has to be a point where you, you make the experience feels so much like a landmine that people eventually don't want to do it anymore. And I know Disney's still a very, very far away from that, but I feel like eventually the parks are going to become such a nickel and dimey thing that some people push back. Maybe, I don't know. I can dream. Well, I, that, yeah, I mean, that's a whole other topic. I mean, that that's with Disney. It's, you know, every, everybody's, you know, and I, I think understandably upset about some of the, price increases and kind of nickel and dimey stuff that they're doing with, with genie plus and lightning lanes and all that. But I mean, I mean, the reality is that Disney's doing all of that because demand is just crazy for the, for the parks. And so, you know, oh. the question was going to be, you know, if, if that changes at some point. Yeah. Like, I, I know there's better leadership in the FTC these days, but like, People have to under, like, there has to be some anti-competitive 
rigorous investigation of the fact that they have used their dominance as a platform vendor to cut off all type of data collection and, and neuter the ad sales ability of several other companies only to turn around and create their own shitty ad sales business that makes it worse for everybody. Like, I, I can only dream that, that like, anyway. Uh, and then the, just the, to round up the Apple stuff, Apple Music is going to go up by a buck pretty soon. Apple TV by $2. Apple One by $3. Timflation. <laughs> All right. You got anything else? Um, oh, great. well, it was real, real quick. Cause I actually don't have much on this. Uh, today we had a, there was a big announcement in the photography world. Uh, Sony released the a seven R five, uh, the new version of my current camera, the a seven R four. And I have no intention of buying it. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, you still have the a seven three, right? Correct. Yeah. Um, a seven four wasn't much different than yours, but in yours probably has a pretty still healthy life, um, ahead of it. But yeah, the a seven R five is an iterative update to the previous camera. It has also, I don't, I don't know the, who the CEO of Sony is. Otherwise I would also make an inflation joke about them too. But, uh, the a seven R four, I think debuted for 32 95. This new version is going to be $3,900 for a camera. That's not that much different. Uh, the only nice upgrades here are that they made the screen um, uh, both tilt and swivel, so it like articulates now, which is kind of neat. It supports Compact Flash, uh, Compact Flash Express. is supposed to have some slight dynamic range improvements, and has AI deep learning autofocus, which I have no idea if that's actually going to work well. But ultimately, it is the exact same 61 megapixel sensor of its predecessor. It has a newer, faster processor, but um, I'm somebody who's willing to throw a lot of money at photography stuff, and yeah, I, I just can't manage to get excited about this camera, so I'm just really hoping that there's some type of sale one day on the A1, which I hope is my next camera, but otherwise, yeah, I'm kind of happy this was underwhelming so that I don't have to spend the money on it. So there we go. <laughs> there you go. All right. Chef um, specials. Well, I guess one one oh, question on yeah. on this. So, th- oh, yes. th- this this has four card slots or two? No. So it has. Kind of um, like a I think confusing picture. What, what they're showing is so the card. Some I know the picture that you're looking at. So the two cards on the right are traditional um, UHS two SDXC cards, and then it's showing that the same card card slot. Oh wait, wait. No, there's no, there's no way there's four card slots, right? No, because no, the way I, the way I, that, the way it works on the A1 is that it's got kind of that dual reader thing where it can also support in what the foremost cards are. Those are CF Express A cards. So it's it's a the the slot that the the two card slots support both SD cards and CF Express cards. I am ninety five percent certain because that's how it works yeah. on the A1, and I can't imagine why this one would have four card slots. Got it. Okay. And the whole point of, of uh, CF Express is that it's supposed to be higher bandwidth um, for burst shooting and also more durable. Got it. Gosh, and 
the the, the, the CF Express cards that they're showing oh, in they're this so picture. Oh, they're so expensive. 640 gigabytes. That's... Uh, so, Google, so Google the price of that. 640 GB CF Express card. Uh, those cards are $1,250. Ooh. <laughs> so as much as a Pro Max. Wow. See, you know what? Selling memory cards, that's an honest business. Somebody tell Apple. <laughs> oh, rounding out the Apple stuff? Uh, I did order an Apple TV. Huh. Okay. Yeah, my old my old one. I still have the very very first um, Apple um, TV 4K, and it's constantly out of memory. So yeah. So if you want if you want a deal for your TCL TV, I can, I'll let that go for like thirty bucks. So actually, um, you just reminded me of something. So after we talked last week, um, at at one evening when I was using the Apple TV, I thought like. I actually am not, I'm like not even sure like how much storage my Apple TV has. Like, I think it's just 32 gigabytes. And, and I, I looked and it it is just a 32 gig version, like the one that you have. Mm-hmm. But, but the other setting I came across was, um, with the, the aerial screensaver. Yeah. There, there is a setting to adjust how often those refresh. I have mine set to daily. Okay. Interesting. Cause I, because I, because one of the things that stood out to me too is I'm like, yeah, actually, you know, come to think of it, I don't notice them changing all that often either. So am I running into like the same issue that Carlos was talking about with like running out of space? Because those videos are like 980 megabytes each or something. The one of the settings page is call out. Yeah. Um, but my mine is just set to refresh weekly, which I yeah. think explains why I'm not seeing a ton of variety. Yeah, I I, tw- I tweaked that too, but yeah, I think mine's just super low on memory. But what like what else do you have on there? Not much. Like I've got like I think like twenty apps. Like I got like I don't know, ESPN and just like all 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 the standard just like video apps, and then I have the yeah the one app to stream stuff from my NAS for stuff that fell off the back of a truck if it needs to. But <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. Again, I I it's it's fine. Um, I was gonna, I was about to say, hey, I pay for cable, it's fine, but I actually don't pay for cable anymore. <laughs> um, also, yeah, again, maybe maybe once uh, basketball gets like halfway into the season, I'll want cable again. But also, don't miss it. I haven't watched cable news in like three months. Good don't miss you. it. Good for you. That's that's what I've been telling you to do. Yeah, but I'm still listening to everything else. All right, uh, you got anything else for chef specials? Uh, I don't don't have anything else. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't. I I don't really think I have a chef special either. Not no kind of no. Um, no two weeks in a row. Well, yeah. I'm. Uh, well, I'll. No, you're 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 fine. You're you're saving people money. Um. Well, th- this is this is not this you is not really one. this is not really in the spirit of what chef specials are meant to be. Um, but. Yeah, I'm I'm going to I'm going to throw this in the in the notes and call it kind of like a semi chef be? special. Um you've you've seen this. Um so, Aww. you know, as a parent, one of the fun things you get to do is is lean a bit more into the holidays um and um decorating your house and all that all that kind of fun stuff. Um cuz it's it's fun fun for the kids. And so we don't really have all that many That's wow. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're unwilling to own the fact that you enjoy the holidays oh no I, I i enjoy it too um and we don't you know we don't really have like a ton of halloween 
decorations. So um, this year I wanted to, to get, you know, something else to put out in the front yard and um, Home Depot actually is like a really good, good spot for this and came across these, um, these, these light up ghosts. Um, they're like seven feet tall. They're pretty big. Um, and they're, they're adorable because we, we kind of have the more cute Halloween aesthetic. We're not trying to, you know, spook anybody. Um, and yeah, they're, they're, they're really, they're really neat. And the, the eldest new housemate absolutely loves them, which, you know, that's kind of the whole point. So, mm. and they're very, very, very bright. <laughs> mm. You can't um, put them on, like, they don't have like a dimmer switch. No, no, no dimmer switch. Okay. No. Um, I'm also a fan. I think you had, um, like little orange, uh, like half, like kind of like not ice skull lights, but like little spider web lights. Yeah. Those are pretty cute. Yeah. Yeah. The lady friend found those. Those are really neat. Um, yeah, neat. Uh, all right. I have a couple of ones that are in the works, but have not graduated to chef special, uh, unqualified endorsements yet. So people get a pass this week. <laughs> 